No one told me for all those times you wish someone just a little ahead of you would tell you what they did in the same situation, in the same season of life. On this podcast, experience is worth a thousand words, or at least 30 minutes worth. Welcome to No One Told Me. All right, so after much convincing, my husband Ryan is joining me for this episode. I just figured it was only right since I have probably mentioned him in every episode so far of No One Told Me. So we went into parenting blind, like completely blind. We didn't read a bunch of books or go into any seminars. We actually got kicked out of a birthing class. It was one of my more embarrassing moments. Um, I didn't know you actually had to sign up for those things. thought you could just show up, but uh, that is not the case. So let's just be more clear, birthing people. I think that's fair. Anyway, all we went off was what people had told us. We talked about the worst advice, how kids change who we are. We even learned some new things about each other in this episode, like how Ryan really needs to work harder to appreciate my hilarious jokes. It was very insulting. Anyway, I hope you love No One Told Me Parenting is Just Super Hard. I'm here with my husband, Ryan. Are you very excited about this right now? I'm extremely excited. I can tell. You actually sounded convincing, but I can very much tell from our pre-interview conversation and also your face that I don't know how 100% true that is. Uh, We have just put the kids to bed. You will probably hear Henley in the background talking to herself from her bedroom right now because it's right next to where we are. So fair warning that if you hear mumbling in the background. It is not Ryan talking about how much he doesn't want to be doing this right now, but it is our child. So Ryan, I want you to start off sharing a little about yourself because they've heard a lot about you from me in previous episodes, but I know a lot of people are asking why Super Cowboy 2211? Why was that your AOL screen name? So first of all, I think I was in elementary school or middle school. So be fair, you were at least 18 years old. Well, I was a little (laughs) younger than that. But yeah, my grandparents had a farm. My dad bought some cows and let me have one of them. So I were a cowboy. I I was super cowboy. (laughs) And um, full disclosure, what was the cow's name? So I think it was pretty creative at the time. Again, I was young. I was in like (laughs) elementary school. So. I named the cow Mooey Louie. I think that's really good and really creative. Mooey Louie. I do think it has a ring to it. And wasn't something wrong with your cow? So unfortunately, old Louie, he was (laughs) allergic to green. Give him the respect he deserves. Call him by his full name. Mr. Lou, he was allergic (laughs) to green grass, which is very unfortunate as a cow. So So it was a well-earned. I'll also issue a correction because you corrected this. When we were talking via... AOL Instant Messenger. My name was not Soccer Girly at that time. I had upgraded to Callie2988. Also extremely creative. So Very creative. Do you very, feel better now that very, I've told the truth? Yes, very dignified. You know. <laughs> and I was no cowgirl. You're mature. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so we have been married uh, seven, seven years. Very good. I'm waiting for confirmation. Very good. <laughs> We have two kids, and we had our first. Um, we had been married four years when we had Henley, right? 
Yeah. Is that about right? Yeah. You're the numbers guy. So almost um, four years. Yeah. (laughs) Leading up to having Henley our first, what was the advice we got the most or the input that helped shape the way you thought parenting would be? So obviously the first thing we talk about this all the time, every single person I think we talked to in, you know, that time leading up to us having Henley was better sleep while you can, right? That was the number one thing. And it was the worst. It was the worst. I mean, you're already stressed out because you're about to have a kid. Mm -hmm. You're uncomfortable because you're pregnant, which makes me uncomfortable because you're telling me how uncomfortable you are once or twice. Listen, I needed you to know that growing a human being is no simple task. It's it is no simple task. I'd like I to guess. see you do it. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> But so you're already not sleeping as much as you yeah. previously did. And it's just not helpful well, to hear Well, you have to pee every five seconds over. when you're pregnant. You don't get much sleep. I guess not. I don't know. Was it like that for you or? No? Not as much that, I guess. <laughs> um, can you remember anything else anyone told us? I mean, that was the one we talked about the most. Like, I remember us, we would leave like parties or leave being out somewhere and someone would be like, wow, you're super pregnant. And also you're never going to sleep again. Both extremely helpful things to hear. And we'd get in the car and talk about that. But was there anything else? I'm trying to think, too. Sometimes I, I don't remember specifics, but I always remember people going on and on about things like sleep, things like you won't have as much time anymore and, you know, all of this stuff. But it's great. Mm-hmm. You know, they would yeah. always follow it up with, but it's great. And I love my own kids. You'll love yours, too. Exactly. Like, they, they have to qualify it right. somehow. Right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever asked you this particular question, so I'm really curious how you're going to answer. What was having Henley like from your perspective? I know I always told what the birth story, for lack of a better term, was like from my perspective, but what was it for you? Yeah, it was way different than what I expected it to be. What'd you expect? Um, I guess you don't... sneeze and she'd pop out? No, not that. (laughs) Um, Isn't that in a movie somewhere? I don't know. I don't remember things well. Yeah, probably. Let's move along. Probably not (laughs) What did you think it was going to be like? I, I guess I don't really know. You know, whenever you don't know what to expect, you have this picture, but you know that it's not going to be that, but that's all you can think at the time. Mm. So, you know, we got to the hospital and it was, I mean, it wasn't late at night or anything like that. And they were going to have to induce you. It's just weird because you, like, we didn't know what any of these things meant. Like all the things they were telling, because I, and I am happy I did this, but I made it a point that I did not study up on what labor was going to be like. The only birth plan I had was drugs, like was my one answer. What's your birth plan? Well, drugs are my birth plan. And so that was really the only thing I knew going in. And I am happy that I didn't research it because I think I would have been fearful. I think I would have been way more worried about what was going to happen. I think both of us would have been. And so it was kind of okay to go in. I knew I trusted the doctors and the group that we chose to go in with. So... I just think, I was just thinking about like words like they're we're gonna induce you. Okay, well, what does that mean? What are you gonna do to me exactly? And it was a a special special surprise, is what that was. It but. was, yeah. <laughs> but it was a it was a lot slower process than I was expecting. You mm-hmm. know, I, I guess I kept expecting to, like to get a call at work and have mm-hmm. to rush to the hospital. Well, and, I remember you giving me your pager number. He yeah. still uses a pager. How, about How that? special yeah. is that? Yeah. It is a real thing. Yeah, I think I can send. Can I send emojis via your pager? Probably not. I should try that. I think the government would appreciate it. Yeah, you have to send like number codes that mean different things that I don't know what they are. So, (laughs) (laughs) is it like on a calculator when you would try to type in inappropriate things with numbers? Not, Mm -hmm. not that. Not. Let me try it in a meeting. You read your pager and see what I can come up with. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll try that out. So having Henley, once she was born, all of that, what was that like for you? It was a lot slower process than I was expecting. Um, and then you did end up getting an epidural. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you were kind of struggling before that with contractions and everything. Yeah. But then once you and got And I didn't that, want the nurse's judgment of getting it too early. I, did I ever just tell you that? Well, yeah, like yeah. the whole time. <laughs> Do you think it's remember. too soon? Do you think it's too soon? I think yes. I don't need the judgment time. of the staff at the hospital. <laughs> I- I think it was fine. I mean, everyone chooses differently what they want to do. But we really enjoyed, I did, the time that we had together having Henley because of the epidural. I mean, we were able to actually interact and talk and watch Property Brothers because that was the only thing that was on. Yeah, I think we saw every single episode. There ever was. Every episode that they made. (laughs) Um, But yeah, once you got the epidural... You were joking around. I mean, it it almost wasn't even like you were in labor. I don't mm-hmm. know how you felt, but I mean, I was a little tired. Appearances, yeah, it, it seemed like a little you exhausting, were, you were but you know, otherwise everything was great. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so then you know it was kind of nerve wracking whenever they said you know we're gonna go in and do a C section. I mean, of mm-hmm. course that's kind of a game changer at that point. I remember and, my mom coming in crying, and I was like, "Carol, pull it together. Yeah. I can't have this kind of emotion <laughs> in my life right now." <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't know how to- you don't know what to say that, do you? Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing was stressful. Mm. And then they took you back and me in this big green or blue jumpsuit blue. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a hair net. So that was cool. Um, <laughs> and I remember just sitting in the hallway because, you know, they had to, I guess, mm-hmm. prep you for surgery and all that stuff. And I couldn't be in there. It seemed like it was like 38 minutes or something mm-hmm. like that. But I was just sitting there. Really, it was probably five. Yeah. But just sitting there thinking, they forget about me. Like, please. <laughs> do they know I'm supposed to be in there right <laughs> Please now? tell me they didn't forget that I'm out of here. And then going into the operating room and you know they take me back up to like where your head is you know Mm -hmm. laid on the table and I just remember how bad you were shaking Mm -hmm. that's not like making fun of you it was violent yeah you were shaking I just remember thinking what can I do for her I mean do do you order straps so they strap you down I mean what do you what do you do in that situation (laughs) I just Um, remember shaking that hard when they tried to hand me both of our kids and literally asking is this okay is this a safe thing to be doing right now because (laughs) I can't control my limbs yeah and you reaching out to hold them on me because you didn't want them just falling onto the floor just a little stabilization i mean you know it wasn't too much we got this question a lot from instagram when i asked some of the followers to send what they want to know about parenting and it was how do you feel like having a baby changed our relationship for the good what were some things we had to work through i mean how did having henley and then having hagen change how we interact with each other well so i think initially i got a lot more respect for you. Not that I didn't respect you before. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that first day after you had Henley, you were a little slow getting up and mm-hmm. down. I mean, you had just had a major surgery, but like day two, it, it's almost like you bounce back to mm-hmm. 100% taking pretty much solely taking care of our child. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just amazing to see your instincts as a mother, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of kick in. And it's one of those things where, yeah, no one told us this stuff, but they didn't really have to tell mm-hmm. you. I mean, mm-hmm. I wish somebody would have told me. But <laughs> I wish someone would have prepped me a little <laughs> yeah. more for what this is like. But, but But no one had to tell you. And that was just 
pretty awesome to see. Mm-hmm. What do you uh, feel like someone would have prepped you better for, like specifically when we first got home with Henley, like when we were first bringing her home? You know, everybody said, well, she's not breakable. You know, you hold this baby like, I, I don't even know what. Like, like a little China like, doll. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. But really, I mean, especially when you watch the nurses. Oh gosh, like, yeah. yeah. I, I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> you just I mean, said like, it. Grab her leg and pick her up, you know, just by leg <laughs> or something. Holding her upside yeah. down. Is that a new technique? <laughs> yeah. What is that? Um, but realizing how many times we messed up, not that we dropped her or yeah. anything like that. Just the but, one time. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we made it through without <laughs> dropping yeah. her. But but just realizing that she's not you know, breakable or mm-hmm. that fragile, mm-hmm. but still you're, you're treating her like that. For me and you, in terms of our interactions, what did it look like before having our first baby and after? Like, how did that change? So I think, you know, our interactions were pretty stress-free before, Mm -hmm. but then after having kids, there was just an added layer of stress just because, you know, if the baby's screaming Mm -hmm. or crying or whatever, that elevates the tension no matter Mm -hmm. what. You know, you just think the whole time, like, I know that Callie's not doing this. I know that I shouldn't be mad at her, but... I'm going to react this way. <laughs> I can't and, handle this. And be frustrated. And she's the only one that I can tell that to. I will say it changed our car rides. Good gravy. Because Henley was not a good car rider. Yeah. And as soon as she'd get in her car Hagen. seat. Hagen wasn't either. And they would just let it rip. In, I mean, they were screaming in the car. And sorry, it sounded like something else was happening in the car, which it could have been as they well. Were, they were crying. <laughs> <laughs> Let's clarify. Ryan does not like potty humor, so he won't appreciate that. <laughs> but they were so loud. And it's immediately like the tone that you address someone else when your baby is crying is, is immediately different. Like, like, even when you and I would be talking, I was not mad at you. Like you said, I wasn't mad at you, but good gravy did it sound like I was mad at you. It's funny because I feel like you could continue talking to me as if nothing was happening. Like, we're just enjoying a nice Sunday drive with a radio on, but there's a screaming child acting like they are having a nail put in their finger in the back seat. It was very graphic. I apologize <laughs> for the example. <laughs> but I think, too, we had to figure out how to actually talk about our days, how to actually make decisions and still talk about our goals and our dreams and our plans and all of those things. Because, And I mean, everyone told us, you're going to need date nights. You're going to need date nights. And it's true, but you also need daily conversation. Yeah. You know, like I don't feel like we could save it up for one monthly or bi-monthly date night that we would have, I think we had to specifically make time for each other. Even if it was just like, I'm not saying we had to have deep intellectual, theological conversations every night. But I mean, even it was just sitting on the couch together and watching Netflix for 30 minutes after we got one of the kids to sleep or, you know, I mean, I don't think it had to be all of that, but we had to be so much more specific and work for it. And before we didn't have to work at it. Yeah. And I think we talk about this all the time. It's not enough to intentionally make time, but intentionally using your time Mm -hmm. that you have. So our kids go to bed pretty early and we go to bed early too, Mm -hmm. but we always have that little bit of time in between getting them in bed and us going to bed. So um, just intentionally using that time to have, like you said, not necessarily a, a super deep conversation, but actually talking to each other, not staring at our phones, not staring at mm-hmm. the TV. Daily life has given us enough distractions. Right. The kids alone are distractions enough. But I mean, you used to tell me all the time, I think it was right after having Henley. It was before Hagen. You used to always say, hashtag be present to me because I would always just look at my phone or scroll or whatever. That's and the only hashtag I knew. So. You're so good at all <laughs> things social media. <laughs> but we have enough distraction in daily life. 
life, why are we adding more with our phones and with whatever might be on TV? And sometimes, yeah, we need that little bit. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to shame you if you need that time with television to clear your head because, you know, sometimes hashtag, I also do need to do that. So that's the hashtag I know. You're welcome for that. But I just feel like we had enough distractions that we knew, okay, once the kids are asleep, you need to talk a little bit. Even if it's just laying down in bed after we had gotten ready for bed and saying, hey, what was your day like? What was the hardest thing? Right. I, for a little while, we did, what was the best thing about your day? What was the hardest thing about your day? What are you excited about? We need to go back to that. We haven't done that in a little while. Yeah. But. For a while, they started kind of being the same yeah. every day. <laughs> and so, yeah. What would you say is my parenting style? And how would you compare it and contrast it um, to yours? What would you compare my parenting style to? Answer all of this. Oh, wow. So I think your parenting style is a lot more hands-on, I think, Mm -hmm. than mine. You know, where Kinley's doing something wrong or whatever, you immediately go to her and stop her and have a conversation with her at at that moment. I'm a lot more calm and just, you know, kind of let it flow. Perfect parent. Not a helicopter parent No, not worried, not concerned for Um, safety. Just let them figure it out, you know. I don't know who, someone, I've heard it before, Captain Safety. I just, where did that come from? That name? I, I think it was given it was to like you. It's like a superhero oh, or something or a show yeah. or something like that. <laughs> I do have to call you Captain Safety because even if our kid sticks their hand out the window in a car, you're convinced a limb's going to take it off or. There are trees and outside. <laughs> and they are close to the road. They are. Yeah. <laughs> There's no jumping on the couch or on the bed, which general rule of thumb is usually good, but I've got to, um, full disclosure, they usually are doing that in the morning when I'm trying to get ready. So I'm just going to put that out there. And and I'm just being honest here. You tell me all the time that our children take after me in this specific way. You know what I'm talking about? Unfortunately, I do. (laughs) I don't know that I should say. What What do you say that I am? Oh, I think you have said this for a very long time. I don't even remember when you started saying it. We met when I was in Seventh grade. <laughs> Since uh, then, I've known this. You you have the tendency occasionally at some points in time to be a little bit reckless. And I don't feel like I've earned this. I just feel like I am very figured out. Fly by the seat of your pants. And you just like plans. I don't think that makes me reckless. I think it makes me free-spirited. Exciting, even, I would say. A little reckless? I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> just because I took a taillight out one time. Just those with th- the kids. Just those three. One times, time with the was, kids. One okay, out of three. I'll, I'll give you that. Those are good odds. That means I'm protecting our children. And also, don't put the trash can in the middle of the road. Also a good idea. Or even slightly not but off to the side enough. It, <laughs> don't put it in the grass. <laughs> but I will say I feel like we balance each other out. Where even in our personalities, which are different, I don't know if anyone can tell by this point, but where you are very safety conscious. I maybe I'm not so much paying attention to the fact that Hagen's running around with a pen in his hand that could easily go into his eyeball. You know, I don't always see that, but I think it's a good balance. Um, maybe that's a good way to make me feel better about being reckless. Yeah. (laughs) Um, what's been the best part for you about being a dad? I think the best part is just learning and knowing that you can love someone that much, you know, Mm. it sounds so cheesy and people even told us that. And it does. And, you know, people said, you know, as soon as you hear that baby cry, as soon as you hold that baby, you know, you're going to connect immediately. And we, I I think we both kind of had that thought like, yeah, okay. Mm. 
whatever. I remember when, when you were having Henley, there was that shade or yeah. whatever they call it. The that curtain partition. so you don't see all yeah. my guts coming out. Yeah. When they first pulled Henley out, we couldn't see her, mm-hmm. but we heard her cry. I'm not a crier, but I teared up just hearing her cry and mm. didn't. You know, had never held her, had never seen her. But just knowing that's my kid. It's the first and last time you love hearing a baby cry. Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) But just kind of that immediate connection, seeing them grow and mature, Mm -hmm. you know, even in their, you know, little bodies. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just just so cool to see. Our relationship, I thought I knew everything about you, obviously, when we got married, because we dated for all of eternity, and then we got married. So I just felt like we knew each other. Then having kids, it's like this whole other level of knowing each other, whether it's through the labor process or bringing them home and trying to, it's like you have to learn each other all over again. And watching you in the floor playing with the kids or watching you chase them around, watching you turn on music and dancing with them. I mean, it's, it is probably the thing that I didn't think I could love you more, but watching you with our kids showed me that I could and probably took it to, like I said, a whole other level in ways I can't fully explain even, but I love loving you as a dad now, not just as my best friend, not just as my husband, but being able to see you as a dad is one of the most incredible gifts I've gotten outside of getting to be a mom. What has been the scariest part of parenting for you? I think the scariest part, I mean, aside from when they're a baby, your goal is to keep them alive, right? Yep. I mean, that's yeah. kind I mean, of that's your just Survival purpose. is the goal. Right. But even further than that, you're job is to help them mature and grow into good people, into kind people. Mm -hmm. And it just seems like a daunting task Mm -hmm. to take them from this infant, you know, little baby to an 18 year old mature adult person and trying to shape the way that they are. And not mess them up. And not mess them up. It's just, I mean, we are literally like probably, I'd give us five solid decisions away from extensive therapy, Dr. Phil moments over and over again. And I, I don't know when those five start, like when do they really remember things? Cause that's when I need to really kick it in gear <laughs> yeah. as a mother. So I just, I need, if anyone out there knows exactly psychologically when they start, that would be good, a good piece of trivia. To <laughs> I, have. Know. I need to know that fact, <laughs> but it's just, you know, you want them to love Jesus. You want them to be kind and thoughtful and friendly and generous and all of the things, you know, like, how do you make sure they are this? Because it's so easy to mess up, but so hard to get right. I'm thankful for mentors in our lives who have been great parents that we can ask questions of, but I'm also just like, we're going to mess up. And so how much, you know, it's just that testy balance between grace and try harder because it is easy to slack off really when you're tired, when we're, we just get home from work and yeah, they did just talk really ugly. It's so easy to mess up. It's so hard to get right. That pressure is the scariest thing for me, I think. Well, then having the discernment of what do you actively teach them and what do you let them figure out on their own? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, there's certainly lessons that they just need to figure out. They need to make Mm -hmm. a mistake and learn from that mistake. How do you as a parent know what to let them, you know, kind of mess up and then figure it out? And what do you kind of stop and say, let's talk about this before it happens? That's scary too, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, how do you navigate that? Like at one point, what point do you stop your daughter from saying she likes to shake her booty? Because, you know, like at some point, that's not cute anymore. That's inappropriate. Where's the line? Immediately around there. (laughs) You already want me to stop it, but it's cute now. It is cute when she does it right now. What's been one of your funniest, most 
memorable moments. So this one happened. So Henley was sick. We hadn't had Hagen yet, but she was, I guess, maybe two or so. And one thing that no one told me was when your kid is sick with a stomach bug, don't face them towards you. Typically try to face them the other way. But luckily, yeah, luckily she was facing (laughs) the other way. We were sitting on the floor. It was one of those stomach bugs where I guess she didn't really feel that bad. She was still playing with us, but she was throwing up. Mm. And so we were, uh, we were playing with, she has this little tea set and she just started throwing up everywhere. You heard it and you ran in here. (laughs) And I, I just remember looking up saying, I had no idea what to say. There's throw up everywhere. I think I ran in asking what happened. Yeah. And I said, well, luckily I caught some of the throw up in this little teacup and it's like the size of like a little, you know, miniature play cup or whatever. And so that, that was a, a pretty funny moment. Just, Just a little bowl s- such a stress, vomit. Yeah, yeah. Such a stressful moment, but still, you know. Just the other night, Hagen, I was trying to get him to sleep and he coughed so hard. They started throwing up. And I mean, he threw up his whole dinner. And I think for the last week, every time he has coughed, whether it's me holding him or you, we hold him out away from us. <laughs> I think you run to the sink and hold him over the sink every time. <laughs> you're on the other side of the house and you're sprinting across the house just to hold him over the sink in case. Because we didn't know that coughs turn into vomit sometimes. So there's you. Something no one told you. Write that down. <laughs> That's it's absolutely true. I think for me, this probably goes back to scariest, but it's also funniest. I just didn't realize how quickly kids pick up what you do. So that's terrifying to me because I don't have the best filter. And so the things that Henley is now saying, they are directly from me. And I want to deny it, but I know that it's true. Like when I drop things, I say, shoot fire. Like, I don't know why. I think my mom said it. It's redneck. I know, but it's what happens. But Henley started dropping things. And I don't even think she was two years old yet. Anything that happened, even if I dropped it before I could say it, She'd say, shoot fire. And I was like, is she going around at school and saying this? And people, who knows what people are going to think of it. But luckily she didn't say it exactly how you say it. It's fine how I say it. It is. I'm great with accents. Fire sounds a little bit like far. Or far. You know what? Super cowboy with Mooie Louie. I don't want to hear it from you. But she just says so many of the things that I say. Like you got her gift the other day and she opened it and said, mom, I'm just living my best life right now. I truly didn't know that I said that. And I looked, I said, where did you get that? And she said, you. I said, I don't think so. And of course, here's Captain Safety, who knows all things in the world, coming around the corner, reinforcing that, yes, she did learn it from me. So thank you for that as well. But it scares me, but also think it's fun how much they take away from us and how these little ones are watching us keenly aware of everything that we say and do. And I remember in the car, you and I were not arguing or fighting. I think I said something like, don't be ridiculous or something like that. And Henley pipes up from the back, didn't even know she was paying attention to us. Don't you two be fighting up there. I'm like, what are you, my 88 year old grandmother? Who says that? But I mean, this three-year-old is telling her parents not to fight when, mind you, we weren't sometimes, I mean, I'm not acting like we never do, but we were not in that moment. And to hear her say, don't fight, it was another reminder of good grief. She is listening to everything and saying it back to us. And I hope she's not saying a lot of it at school because we're going to get judged real hard for that, (laughs) if that's the case. But I think too, one of my most memorable moments was Frozen on Ice. He came with tickets a couple weekends ago and I did not want to go because I had so much to do. 
but you told me you just need to do this. It will forever be one of the most memorable moments for me because she loved it so big and so much and her face and her reaction to it. I mean, I had a lot of questions about how we ended up with floor seats and why a plastic wand was $30, but I put those aside and was able to actually enjoy the experience with her. And it was, it was one of the most special moments I think we've, we've ever had, but we've talked about what we've already been through for you. What's our next parenting hurdle? So I think just tackling that, how do we not parent these kids, but raise these kids, Mm -hmm. right? How do we help these kids mature? And I know, you know, we already kind of talked about that, but it's just such a daunting task that, you know, Henley's getting to that age where she is listening to everything. And so we need to be mindful of how we talk to each other, so how we communicate to each other, how we communicate on the phone even, because mm-hmm. she's always listening and Hagen's going to be mm-hmm. listening soon too. And so I, I think that's kind of our next hurdle is mm-hmm. how do we help them actually grow and mature with their personalities? Mm-hmm. Also, Henley told the babysitter on Monday that I went to jail last week. So maybe let's talk about the difference between a lie and a truth, because unfortunately with me, that's believable. So I had to do a lot of explaining that I did not go to jail last week. So let's maybe tackle that as parents too. But I think you're exactly right. I think it's just, we're to the point where we actually are parenting. You know, when they're little, it's not so much parenting as it is like we talked about survival. And you're just trying to make sure that they are healthy and happy and doing it. But now... You're teaching them about the world and they are out in the world without you sometimes now, whether it's at a daycare or they're going into preschool or they're even with just a babysitter. And those outside environments are shaping them as well. And it's your part has to be stronger and bigger. And it's so much more prayer and so much more like daily in the moment. Okay, God, this just happened. Please Help me to have the discernment and the wisdom to how I respond to this. And I'm not just reacting in anger or I'm not frustrated or I'm not just tired. It's so much, you have to be so much more on. And I think that takes a constant every morning waking up and saying, Jesus, I can't parent by myself. Like I can't guide these kids. I can't teach them to trust you if I'm not trusting you first. And so making sure that we are growing together and that's a priority and that we're intentional about what it means for Jesus to be the foundation for our marriage. He can be the foundation for our family as well. It just takes so much more focus instead of just survival. It's like, okay, now I'm growing you into an actual human being. And you can figure a lot of stuff out on your own, but I want to make sure I'm a part of it with you, that I'm partnering with you in that. I'm excited to see what that looks like, but I'm also extremely terrified to see what that looks like. But we end every episode, which I'm happy to say he does listen to the podcast, so he knows the drill. What is something that you are happy someone told you about? So someone told me about a Jeep and I just got one. Oh, help us. Yeah. How, how long did it take you to get this Jeep? It only took six years <laughs> to, to wear you down. Of to wear Daily you conversations about how we need a Jeep. Yeah. And and so made the move and it's been a good one. So Henley loves it. Henley loves it. She uh heard driving around um a couple weeks ago and it's our weekend vehicle. It's our weekend vehicle. <laughs> we were driving around a couple weeks ago and she said, Mom, and you look back there and she had her feet up on the door and she said, I can get used to this. And she's three. So I think 
good purchase. <laughs> that confirmed yeah, that, it for you. That was that was that was it. But also, you just finished listening to a book, and you started another book, Bob Goff, Everybody Always, and you just yeah, started. And I just started Love Does, and you've absolutely enjoyed both audiobooks, though. Yeah, preference audiobooks. Yeah, yeah is the way. So if you're not really listening good. to this podcast. Listen to an audiobook. Yes. Is what you're saying here. Absolutely. Yeah. And you actually, this, I think this is the first book you've ever beat me on. Yeah. We tried to make it a goal to read a book at the same time, and you started it on audio, and I've just been reading it through the Kindle. I'm a really fast reader in audiobooks. You you so, you're so smart. Yeah. I How just, do you do it? I just fly through those things. So <laughs> The 45-minute drives in the morning and in the evening might help you. A little bit, Must yeah. be nice to have it's, that free time to yourself. Yeah. Just well, to think and... You know, stressful in traffic oh, sometimes. Oh, yeah. Is it very quiet? Oh, it's... Are there any children in the car saying, Mommy, Mom, Mom, Mommy, Mom? Any of that happening to you? No, just the audio book. Just yeah, the audio book? No, just trying to focus Gosh, a little bit. Must be hard. How do you do it? <laughs> I think do something we have been doing that someone told us about is the 90s documentary on Netflix. We've been watching that when we have the time to, and it is great. I mean, we, it goes through TV shows, goes through music, it goes through all of that. So if you're looking for something new to unwind to, that has been one of our favorites. We've learned a lot from it, I think. So yeah. How you feel? Was it as bad as you thought? No, it was okay. It was good. Are you going to do it again? If you ask me to, I'll do it again. You are so kind. Just maybe try not to ask me. Well, that's about it for today. Thank you guys so much for listening. And hey, if you liked it, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. Does that sound desperate? Feels a little bit desperate asking you to do that. But you know what? Oh, well, I love hearing your feedback. So make sure you check out no one told me podcast.com and I'll see you next time. <laughs>